I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, we have listener questions, and we have headlines. Pretty easy day. That's today on the Decrypt Daily. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, July 23rd, 2021. I'm going to get straight into those crypto prices because I haven't looked at them yet today, and I'm curious. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at noon Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $32,307, down 0.6% in 24. Ethereum is at $2,043, up, sorry, up 0.3%. Teller is in the number three spot. Binance Coin is at $286, down 3.6%. And Cardano is at the number five spot at $1.16, down 3.2%. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, USDC, Dogecoin, Polkadot, and BUSD. Total market cap, we're at $1.32 trillion and a BTC dominance of 45.8%. But we have to acknowledge Axie Infinity's new all-time high of 32.22. It shot up like 30% overnight. It's up 18% right now in 24. And Yowzers. And we also have to acknowledge Rune. Thorchain's Rune suffered another hack. $8 million lost. They're going to cover it. However, it dropped 25% in 24 after being up to around $4.80. It's having a little turmoil in its chaos chain, but good thing they have the funds set aside so they can work through these problems. I think it's very positive. Work through the problems, make sure that they fix these problems, and then, well, they did some good business before. I think they're going to go right back up. Now moving into listener questions. The first question is one of those I had stewing for about weeks, maybe even a month. It was sent by John, and John wants to talk about EV vehicles and Bitcoin and electricity generation and all kinds of things. And it was one of those things where I just had to sit down for an hour or two hours just to research this to even try to answer it. And full disclosure, I have a Tesla. I have an electric car. I might be a little biased, um, but I'm going to try to answer this as best I can. Here's the question. John asks, with all the hype in the news about F and BCC electricity use, California passed a law that only electric vehicles may be sold in the state after 2030. Given the problems with the state is currently having with the power grid, how do they plan to support this? Not to mention, I believe, like you mentioned this as well on the show, that energy usage from mass adoption EVs will dwarf anything we're seeing from Bitcoin or Ethereum mining. It seems like the mainstream media refuses to look at the realistic questions around this issue. I refuse to buy anything like a Tesla until Musk and others can prove that the energy usage will be at least 50% renewable. And he asks a couple of these questions. The first one is, what is the energy uses compared to a mass EV vehicle adoption? The second question is, how can we plan to adopt EVs on a large scale without using non-renewable energy? And the third one is, what is the energy profile of creating electric vehicles? Good questions. As you can see why it took me a while to uh, research these and have an answer for you. Let's look at the first one. What is the energy uses compared to mass EV adoption? Let's take this down just to your home first. On average, a home uses around 11,000 kilowatt hours a year, which breaks down to about 30 kilowatt hours a day. 
If you drive 12,000 miles annually with your AV, you're using around 3,800 kilowatt hours a year. So about a third of what your home is. And remember, driving 12,000 miles annually is what we're using. However, there's been this paper released that says that EV users drive around half of what ICE or internal combustion engines use yearly. And there's about 5,800 miles a year if you have an EV. I don't know why EV drivers drive less. Maybe they're concerned about you know, their driving, their driving habits. They actually calculated it more than if somebody has a gas engine because they have an EV and they want range anxiety or they have range anxiety. Uh, maybe they have a, an ICE car that they drive on the weekends and they just use the other one for, you know, putzing around the neighborhood or going to work. Who knows? Anyway, they drive less on average. But there's another couple of things that we have to keep in mind here. When you're talking about the future, uh, the future of EVs, this is kind of the infancy of EVs right now because the efficiency is getting better first. My Tesla gets around uh, 300 miles of range of charge. It's around 3.3 miles per kilowatt hour. I drive kind of like an ass, so <laughs> I'm not being the most efficient. Uh, but, but I ran into somebody the other day that drives a Chevy Spark that gets around 7.5 miles per kilowatt hour. So there's a huge difference in efficiency, and cars are only getting more and more efficient. So that number is going to change. Second, reverse charging is going to offset a lot of things too. I mean, my car, for example, has either a 75 or an 82 kilowatt hour battery. I'm not too sure what they put in the Model Y for when I got mine, which was, I got it in March, but it's a, a February build. Who knows? There might have been a change. I have no clue. But let's just say we have an 82 kilowatt hour battery in my car. That means my car, if it was reverse charging, and a lot of cars are coming out with this right now, you can power not only some items, you can charge other cars with it. You can also power your house with it, like the Ford F-150 EV, you can actually use it as a reserve battery for your house. And depending where you get that charge from for your car, you can plug it back into your house, power your house for a day, drive your car for a day because you're only driving maybe 20% of that battery per day, and it could be coming from 100% renewable. Not too sure, not too sure how this is going to roll in the future, if it's going to be adopted, but it's really something that is, we should be looking at and put into the equation. Solar on cars is an offset. There's a new Hyundai that came out. It's a Hyundai or Hyundai. Anyway, however you pronounce it, but the new EV has a solar option, which actually allows you to get some range out of that out of solar energy. So if you live in somewhere that's sunny, Arizona, California, so on and so forth, that might be an excellent option to also take away from the power grid. You don't have to charge as much. You get a little more range. Maybe the efficiency even gets better. We have more battery efficiency. Plus we have solar on the car and we're using renewables or we don't have to top up as much. That is also a factor. Just some quick numbers of how much energy is consumed by cars, EVs, in the United States compared to the globe, compared to Bitcoin power consumption. Well, in the United States, yearly power consumption for EVs in 2020 was 4.68 terawatt hours. Cars globally was 80 terawatt hours in 2020. And that's EVs, obviously. Bitcoin was also 80 terawatt hours of power consumption. And obviously that's down from like 140 because, you know, when Bitcoin was at 65,000, the miners were all kicked on. Remember the miners, you know, turned off. They're moving out of China. The hash rate went down. The power consumption went down. So it generally speaking could be a lot higher than that. But as of right now, Bitcoin's mining is using as much energy as EVs globally. So that is the energy's consumption globally. The second question John asks is how can we adopt EVs on a large scale without using non-renewable energy? That is a very good question. One thing I know about in Ohio, and I don't know if you have it in your state, but 
Here in Ohio, we have a choice of power. I can actually compare different electricity rates from different uh, power grids. For example, I can choose to purchase only 100% renewables, which actually, since I just learned that the other day, I am going to do. There's a lot of solar in Texas that sells power to the grid, and I'm going to start using that solar plus hydroelectric that might be over here in Cleveland, and I'm going to go 100% renewable, at least for my house. And so I say we can compare where we're getting our electricity. If you have that option in your state, vote with your dollars. Use renewable. I found the rates to be comparable. I found that I am actually pretty much the same. It's about $0.05 cents per kilowatt hour uh, for energy here in Ohio. And if I buy it from a Texas solar or a hydroelectric somewhere, it's pretty much the same. So I would say be active, go out and explore, see if you can use uh, renewable energy for your house and your car if you have one, and vote with your dollars. This will show that there's demand, people will make more renewables, and we can change the whole dynamic of this. But other things we can do is we can look at the efficiency of the power grid. As we know, around 65% of all energy produced is wasted. It's just wasted. Either it's not consumed, yet it's lost in the lines. There's all kinds of different ways to you're wasting energy. But about 65% of all energy that's produced is wasted. You know, going back to Bitcoin mining, that's why a lot of Bitcoin miners nestle up next to power plants so they can use or buy that wasted energy. And the third question you ask is, what is the energy profile for creating electric vehicles? Now, this is something I really looked into before I bought mine. I was like, is this thing actually better for the environment? I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I bought my Tesla. One is because it's made in the United States. It's a U.S. company, U.S. manufacturing, U.S. innovation. I really wanted to support the company. But the CO2 footprint offset is something I also was considering. Is it actually better if you talk about making the batteries and the production and you know charging it? And the answer is, it depends. And it depends when does it become more beneficial than an ICE engine. If you're using something like 100% renewables, well, then in a year or two years, you're 100% carbon neutral compared to an ICE engine. And then you're just, then year after year, you're just building upon the savings of carbon that you would, would have put out with an uh, ICE engine. Uh, but if you're in somewhere like West Virginia that uses a lot of coal, then it might take maybe five, seven, eight, maybe even 10 years, depending on how you drive, depending on the efficiency of your vehicle and these other things that we have just spoke about to actually be carbon neutral. There's two links in the show notes from YouTube videos that I used to look at this that you should watch. Very interesting, very honest, and I, I think it's a good idea to get your mind around uh, what goes into producing an electric vehicle to what is actually saved with an electric vehicle. Now it's my two cents. Immediate advantages of owning an EV. And now this has nothing to do with Bitcoin. We're talking about electric vehicles. I apologize about this, but they're quieter. One thing I really do like is how quiet the car is. You hear EV drive down your neighborhood, it's quiet. Your neighborhood is a lot quieter. Another thing that I think that we don't think about much is that there are emissions from an ICE engine, and that is going to into your neighborhood. From gases to little particulate matter, it's in your neighborhood. And honestly, I want to protect you know either the parks I go to and drive through workers. You know how many fumes that drive through workers probably inhale per day by sitting there at like a McDonald's drive through or a toll booth or it's probably very harmful for the workers that have to deal with that every day, no matter how clean we make the ice engines. So honestly, it's kind of for them too. And finally, my last comment on this is zeroism. 
I want to make sure that we continue to have the conversations, but we have the conversations about technologies and products and projects and ways to make net positives, and we don't have slippery slope conversations that makes us paralyzed to take action. If you start digging into anything, if you say, oh, well, solar panels, and then people will say solar panels, you have to mine for uh, material, and the production takes energy, but therefore, is it really better than you should just use coal? And that, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. We do have to make sure that our mining practices are good. We do have to make sure that we are doing as best as we can to work toward our carbon neutral goal or better. But just because something else takes production, something else takes mining, doesn't mean that overall it's not a net positive. And when you start slipping and slipping this, like the windmill conversation about how it's killing birds, like I want to make sure that windmills don't kill birds. I want to make sure that we have designs that don't kill birds when they're when they fly into them. And you have like dead birds all around windmills. There could be better designs. That doesn't mean that windmills are bad. What I'm trying to say is we have to have conversations that move the goals to do what's best. And we can't just slippery slope the conversations to make us paralyzed to even make change. That is not beneficial. It's not proactive. It's a zeroism sort of idea that only zero mining, zero carbon, zero everything will be the best of it for the future or else we just stick with the status quo. We cannot just keep feeding into those kind of conversations or else we're paralyzed to take action. We need to take action and embrace technologies that move us closer to the goal of carbon neutral and better and making the most sustainable future we can. The next question comes from a listener, and you know what? I can't find the name. I apologize. I want to say it's Greg, but anyway, they're on holiday in southern France, and this is actually an interesting question. I don't know how to answer it, but I'm going to ask the question because maybe I can get listener feedback. He says, the industry has to get a grip. As a married man, it's not easy when your wife is constantly in your face about why are you gambling on this Ponzi scheme? There just seems to be a lot of scams in the headlines, more so recently. So even if you add up how much is stolen recently, despite the industry's desperate for retail to keep buying and getting in is very dark. Not to mention the FUD, and now the authorities are joining forces to save fiat. Please, what do we do? Well, that's a damn good question. I don't know uh, what you're going to do, my friend, about your wife talking about you gambling on a Ponzi scheme. Um, I would assume that she should huddle a little bit too. Maybe she should uh, get some Bitcoin and uh, get her interested in some of the other aspects of maybe the crypto space if it's not Bitcoin or Dogecoin or Litecoin or Ethereum, uh, DeFi, NFTs. I think there is just so much in the space right now that is uh, positive um, that it could be a really cool hobby for you guys to you know maybe go down the rabbit hole together with. What does the listeners think? Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Help me answer this question for this gentleman. Moving into today's headlines. Sorry, this is a longer show today. Uh, a lot of me rambling. Lots of big questions. Uh, like I said, there's a couple questions that are on my listener question notepad right now that are so big that it's going to take me hours to research and then a good 15, 20, maybe more uh, to even give an answer to or give the research to. So I apologize that this one is longer today. But let's get into today's headlines. Texas. They're the latest state to crack down on lending platform BlockFi, according to a notice published today by the Texas State Securities Board. State regulars have filed for a cease and desist against BlockFi and two of its subsidiaries, BlockFi Lending and BlockFi Trading, over alleged sale of unregistered securities. The issue is it's an investment product called BlockFi Interest Account, which promises high returns in exchange for hodling 
you know, cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin or Litecoin or Ethereum or even stable coins. New Jersey was the first state to go after BlockFi for its alleged dealings in unregistered securities, and they filed a cease and desist earlier this week. And just yesterday, Alabama regulators hit the company with a show cause notice, essentially a threat asking BlockFi to defend itself against potential cease and desist. Well, moving back over to Texas really quick, a judge at the State Office of Administrative Hearings will decide in October whether BlockFi can continue operating in Texas. And of course you're going to get my two cents on this. Government. Legislators. That's literally your name. Legislators. Could we make a framework so these companies can operate so we don't have these cease and desist and all these other vague, opaque, gray areas that people are operating in? Can we have these hard conversations and get this done so we can foster innovation and these companies can exist without the risk of these things happening? Full stop. Get your crap together. Legislate. Talk. Pass frameworks for these companies to exist or not, but get it done. JP Morgan, as we all know, it's one of the biggest investment banks in the world, and it has given its wealth management clients access to Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency funds, according to reports. Clients are now able to buy and sell five cryptocurrency products through JP Morgan Advisors. Wealth Advisors have access to four grayscale investment products. The orders, effective from July 19th, give clients exposure to Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, and Ethereum via Grayscale's Bitcoin Trust, Bitcoin Cash Trust, Ethereum Trust, and Ethereum Classic Vehicles. These funds don't mean that JP Morgan's clients will personally own cryptocurrency, but they will just have exposure to it. Just remember, it wasn't so long ago that Jamie Dimon called Bitcoin a fraud, and Jamie Dimon being the CEO of JP Morgan. So, when there's demand, obviously, it doesn't matter what the CEO thinks, they're going to provide the products to you. Oh, and another side note, JP Morgan provides banking services to top crypto exchanges like Coinbase and Gemini. <laughs> turn of events huh and finally i hope you guys watched the b word the other day and it was a panel featuring jack dorsey elon musk and kathy wood um elon musk has like 47 companies i don't know where he has time just to sit down and rap about bitcoin on a youtube live but whatever anyway buster rhymes yes the rapper buster rhymes he's the latest celebrity to throw his support behind bitcoin after watching the bitcoin conference live with jack elon and Kathy, he said, I am sold on Bitcoin, and he's now officially hodling Bitcoin. Mr. Rhymes, he didn't say how much he's hodling, but it's interesting that that live event inspired him to go out and buy Bitcoin. I don't know why we care about Buster Rhymes, but it did show that there is influence in these guys coming on YouTube, talking about Bitcoin, sharing ideas, uh, talking about the future, talking about their companies, talking about their hodlings, their positions. Oh, by the way, Elon did say that he tesla and spacex are all hodling bitcoin and we know kathy wood she's bullish she just bought a lot of grayscale bitcoin trust the other day and well i don't think it's slowing down thank you for listening to this episode of the decrypt daily my name is matthew deemer don't forget to go to apple Podcasts, like subscribe share and leave us a comment I will not see you tomorrow for weekend updates because I have something to do in the morning. However, I will see you Sunday. And until Sunday, happy hodling everyone.